And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr, and suits so fine they made Sinatra look like a hobo. This your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? Really? It's really awful. But I have a lot of things that are on order. You know, credit trouble. Pay more attention to your schoolwork and listen to the radio. You always listen to the radio. It's different. Our lives are ruined already. The Whistler. self-destruct in five seconds. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the tantalizing Lisa Wolf. In this hour, Richard Thorne stars in a terror tale on the Hall of Fantasy, going back to 1953. But first, Lisa Wolf Dillon is our lyricist for Learning the Lyrics. Lisa will read popular song lyrics. I'll try to guess the name of the songs while you play along at home. Right, Lisa? Right, and these are all songs that begin with the letter you. And before we get started, Mike, we just played Wordle, and I crushed Lisa. Good job. I got it on three, and Lisa, it took her till five. But Good just job. to clarify, the reason he's so excited about this is because that's a rarity. Yeah, kind of no, like radio no, rarities. No, 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 So it really doesn't usually happen she that way, and so, so he's over the moon about it. Mike, so enjoy I your I beat win. her four out of five times. That is Four out so of five incorrect, times at I Wordle. can't tell you. Yes, I'm sure. not getting involved with Dream this on. argument. Dream on. Dream on. Aerosmith. Dream on. <laughs> All right. All right. So this first. I'm so much better than you at Wordle. Today like, you go were, ahead. But tomorrow you won't be. All right. Ready? Go ahead. When this old world starts getting me down. When this old world starts getting me down. And people are just people are too just much, for, too me much to face. for me to face. I climb way up to the top of the stairs, and all my cares just drift right into space. This is a this is a song that starts with the letter U. The right? title begins with the letter U. Okay. Yeah, it's peaceful as can be, mm. and there the world below can't bother me. Let me tell you now, when I come home feeling tired and beat, I go up where the air is fresh and sweet. Up, I, up and away in my beautiful balloon. That's a great song, but I is didn't that choose it? that one. Up. Up and away in my beautiful, my beautiful balloon. <laughs> and then Biden would be going, oh, what is that? That's like a nice balloon up there. What are you doing? We're That's not really doing nice. This. We're not doing this. Let's just let it traverse the whole I country. I get away from the hustling crowd and all that rat race noise down in the street. I don't know. The only place I know. Mm-hmm. You don't know it? No. Where you just have to the wish. The first line I sort of when understand. When this old world starts getting me this down. This old world starts getting me down. And all the people are just too much too for much. me to face. I don't know this song. You do know this song. I'm having trouble. I climb way up to the top of the stairs and all my cares just drift right into space. Next line. Space Odyssey. Let's listen. When this nah. Oh, come on. Don't nab me. It's an old song. Up on the roof. Up on the roof. Why didn't you pick up, up and away in my beautiful balloon? 
think I picked this one. Right into to space. You'll get the next one, though, Carl. All right. Um, so this is Up on the Roof by The Drifters. The Drifters. The good song. Yeah. There's been a lot of remakes of this that are much more current, but I, I'm giving you the, the original. Oh, on my roof. Yeah, this is a good song, but I... Mm. But what? You know, whenever you don't get them right, it's not a good it's choice. It's your fault. It's not a good choice. When I don't get them, it's Lisa's right. Why fault. didn't you pick a different song? Right. Right. All right, so okay. I didn't get that one. No, you did. All right, let's but move I on. But I beat you at Wordle. I crushed yes, you. Yes, you did. Actually but crushed you tomorrow at Wordle. Tomorrow you won't. Yes, I will. <laughs> okay, here's the beat next Beat you one. yesterday, too. Okay. Um, oh, when the sun beats down and burns the tar up on the roof. What? <laughs> Wait, sorry. What? <laughs> to get the rhythm. <laughs> what? Sometimes it's hard to get back into the rhythm when I have a different song in my brain. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh. Uh-huh. Okay. When the sun beats down and burns the tar up on the roof and your shoes get so hot, you wish your tired feet were fireproof. No idea. Down by the sea. Yeah, on a blanket with my baby is where I'll be. On a blanket with my baby, that's where I'll be. Out of the sun, we'll be having some fun. Uh Uh-huh. People walking above, we'll be falling in love. From the part that that that's huh you know this song ah uh, Mike <laughs> help me <laughs> Mike, yeah please. give her some help would you Mike, help please me. help her what can I do to be helpful I have no idea I don't know this song you do know this song you know the song yeah <sighs> oh when the sun beats down and burns the tar up on the roof uh, and your shoes get so hot you wish your tired feet were fireproof. I have no idea. Listen, down by the sea, yeah. Oh, down by the sea, right? Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, down by the sea, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. On a blanket with my down baby by the sea. is where I'll On be. On a blanket is where I'll be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm starting to get the Out rhythm now. Out of the sun. Yeah. We'll be having some fun. People walking above. We'll be falling in love. Is the word love. under? Yes. It's under, right? Yes. The word is under, right? I said that three times, yes. <laughs> under my... Thumb. Under my thumb? <laughs> is it under my thumb? No, that's under, the Rolling Under, stones. under, under. Under. Underwear. Underwear. Yeah. Under... Uh, do I get anything? No. All right. We'll be having... Let's okay, play it. Let's play it. Oh, when the sun beats down and burns the tar up on the roof. Under. And your shoes get so hot, you wish your tired feet were fireproof. Under the sea. The boardwalk. (laughs) Under the sea. Under the boardwalk. Under the the boardwalk. I would have never gotten it. That was the one I thought you would get. No. I'll be. Here it is. Ready? You don't know this? Under the boardwalk. Under the boardwalk. We'll be having some fun. Under the boardwalk. Under the boardwalk by the Drifters. By the Drifters. Who did the other one? The Drifters. Two songs by the Drifters? They both started with you. (laughs) 
Yeah, I like both of these. What's that sound? What is that? What is that? that, that, A zither or something? What is that thing? It's not a zither. I don't know. It's like a. It's it's like a wood. It's a piece of wood with like little little like divots in it, and then then they're running another thing over it. Maybe it's a zipper. (laughs) Now, what is that? I can't remember Um, the name of it. I know exactly what it is now. It's a cool sound. It is good. Where I hope be. All right, well, the next one is the hardest one. So uh, I won't get it. I'm not going to get any of these. No. But right. I crushed your wordle, so. <laughs> so it's all good. Okay. Yeah. Okay, wait, I have to get back into the rhythm. Okay. okay take a provision. No, I'm good. Okay. All right. All right. My, 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 my. Music hits me so hard. Makes me say, oh, my Lord, thank you for blessing me. With a mind to rhyme and two hype feet. It feels good when you know you're down. I don't have a clue. I, I know it's really hard. What? This is hard. Pick, you picked three terrible songs. These, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Three terrible These songs. These two are great songs, and this is a great song, too. Terrible. You just don't know it. It's terrible only terrible. Songs. Let's listen. You're supposed to do like um, classic rock. Hey, I'm supposed to? Yeah. Let's try it. Let's hear it. Oh, come on. What? Oh, come on, what? Oh, come on, what? My, my, my. So hard. Makes me say, oh, my Lord. This is a rap song. I'm not going to know a rap okay. song. Okay. I don't listen to rap songs. You know this song. This is You Can't Touch This, MC Hammer. It's a you? It's a you. It's the you. Well, that's even <laughs> that's even harder. I know. Because if I even if I thought it was you can't touch this, if you knew the I song, you would have said it. Why? Yeah, you would have said it. If you knew it, you would have said it. That's terrible. <laughs> that, this sh- I should that, that should be disqualified. That song should not even be allowed to be because it, it starts, starts with the letter U. Yeah, but it's U starts know, with Y O U. I know it's hard. That's not fair. It's difficult, but it's fair. It's not fair. It's difficult, but fair. Man, am I glad I crushed you at Wordle. You're just being a sour sport because you didn't get either of the other two that you knew both of. I normally get at least one song. I mean, it's terrible. Well, you crushed me at Wordle. It's yeah, all good. That's good, then. All right, thanks, Lisa. Great job, Carl. That last one is disqualified. Right? On a, nope. on a technical error, No, right, it's Mike? not. No, you're the no, one. No, the title is spelled with the, the letter U. I it still think it qualifies. It's just a difficult one. I think our listeners would agree with me. I don't think so. All right. Well, it's thanks, you, Lisa. The letter U. Thanks for the first two songs, okay. and then the disqualification on the third song. Okay. I don't accept. When it. we come back, it's the Hall of Fantasies. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. There were a lot of scary radio shows, and uh, one of them was the Hall of Fantasy. It was created by a guy by the name of Richard Thorne in 1946. And this guy was a real thorn in my side, you know? But anyway, he, uh, he created this show. It was a mystery horror program, and the stories were also... Written by him and a guy by the name of Robert Olson. Uh, they were also directed by Thorne. So it was like a really kind of a Richard Thorne production. The stories involved the struggles against the supernatural where man was usually the loser. 
and there was almost always a shock ending. Carl Grayson, Jim Amici, Harry Elders, and Richard Thorne usually carried the uh, lead roles or supporting roles. In 1952, it moved to Mutual, and it was sponsored for a time by the Granite Furniture Company, which was a, I think in Utah, they were like a local um, granite furniture, um, you know, outlet, and they were the sponsor for a while. We have an episode now for you from January 26, 1953. It's called The Black Figurine of Death. And it stars Richard Thorne. Here's part one of the Hall of Fantasy. The Hall of Fantasy. Welcome to the series of radio dramas dedicated to the supernatural, the unusual, and the unknown. Come with me, my friends. We shall descend to the world of the unknown and forbidden, down to the depths where the veil of time is lifted and the supernatural reigns as king. Come with me and listen to the tale of The Black Figurine of Death. Is that you, David? Yes, I heard a shot. So did we. I thought it was one of you. It was Sawyer. He came out late tonight. I found him out in the mausoleum about an hour ago. Here's this room. Try the door. It's open. <gasps> He's on the floor. Is he? Yes. He's dead. for our story, an original tale of fantasy by Richard Thorne entitled The Black Figurine of Death. Through all the years of man's existence, no matter what he has learned or been taught from generation to generation, still he carries in the innermost depths of his mind a certain fear of the darkness, a fear of the night, which is somehow associated with death, and which in actuality is the fear of death itself. Each of us in his lifetime will probably come in contact with some psychic phenomenon, either directly or indirectly through the experience of a relative or acquaintance. An experience never to be forgotten. And about such an experience is my story tonight. I was there with the others the night he died. We stood at the foot of the bed, Joyce and Harold and I. Amos Jansen's head was cushioned on a pillow, and in his hand he held a little figurine. You sent for us, Uncle Amos? Of course I did. Otherwise you wouldn't be here in my room, Harold. No, Uncle Amos is no... Be quiet! Be quiet, all of you. Ah, you're here too, David. Uh, Yes, sir, I... I didn't ask for a speech, young man. I'll do the talking if you don't mind. I must speak to all of you while I still have time. Why don't you rest, Uncle Amos? Rest? (laughs) You'd like to see that, wouldn't you, Joyce? David and Harold. What? No answer from any of you? I know why you can't say anything. Because it's the truth. Now, see here, Uncle Amos. Go listen to me, young man. These last years of my life 
You've all left me alone. You've had more important things to do. That is, until tonight. Ah, tonight you're all here because you know I'm dying. You've come here like a pack of wolves, waiting for me to die, waiting for your chance to inherit my estate. Oh, that's not true, Uncle Amos. Oh, isn't it? I think it is. <laughs> oh, don't worry. You'll inherit the estate, the three of you. But in the end, you'll wish you never had. What do you mean, Uncle Amos? That though I die, you'll see me again. All of you who've hated me. And you'll know of my presence when you see this. Oh, that's just a little figurine, Uncle Amos. Ah, you'll wish you'd never seen it before I'm through. You'll wish that you'd never known me. That you'd never been born. Before you die, you'll all learn what fear is. You'll learn how it feels to be... Bill, to be... Alone. Uncle Amos. He's dead, Joyce. Oh, no. Oh, no, he can't be. He's dead, all right. What's that? Something dropped out of his hand. Why? It's a little figurine. figurine lay there on the floor. It had fallen from Uncle Amos's hand just as he died, and when it struck the floor, it had broken into three pieces. I picked them up and held them in my hand. The pieces fitted together perfectly, much like the pieces of a jigsaw puzzle. It was a queer little figure, its arms raised in supplication, a look of fear upon its face. There was something frightening about it. Three days later, Uncle Amos was buried in the family mausoleum at the north end of the estate. A week after that, we had gathered again in the library of the old house with Carl Sawyer, the executor of the estate. As you know, your uncle appointed me as executor of the estate and left instructions that the three main heirs, ten days following his demise, be gathered together in this house for a reading of the will. You told us that earlier, Mr. Sawyer. Uh, so I did. Are you all seated comfortably? Uh, quite comfortably, Mr. Sawyer. It's a rather long will, you know. <clears throat> now, I shall begin. I, Amos Johnson, being of sound mind and body, do make, ordain, and publish this instrument as my last will and... Uh, Mr. Sawyer, why don't you just tell us about the will? Hmm? That's a rather unusual procedure, David. Well, David's right, Mr. Sawyer. It'll save a lot of time and trouble. Well, <clears throat> perhaps you're right. Let me see. Now, referring to the disposition of the monies and property... It's to be divided equally amongst the three of you. Of course, there are certain gifts to the servants. Naturally. Yes, naturally. There is a considerable amount of money to be divided, even after taxes. Each of you will be independent for life. Well, I can't understand Uncle Amos willing us the entire estate. The night he died... Uh, contrary <clears throat> to what you may think, your Uncle Amos was really quite fond of you. Is that all to the will, Mr. Sawyer? No. Of course you realize that if one of you were to die, his or her share of the estate would be divided between the two remaining heirs. And there is one other proviso which I cannot quite understand. Yes? Your uncle made one condition referring to the disposition of the monies. Let me see if I can find that. Uh, oh, yes, yes. <clears throat> Here it is. May I read it, please? The heirs are to reside in the family house on the estate for a period of one year. If this is not done, their claim to the estate is to be nullified and they are to be left without a penny. 
Unfortunately, they were present very infrequently during the last years of my life. Well, that's a rather strange provision. Yes, isn't it? However, as executor of your uncle's will, it is up to me to make sure the provisions are carried out. And believe me, I feel a deep sense of duty to your uh, late uncle. I think on these mystery shows, the organ works well, right? I do, too. really sets that creepy mood. Yes. Right? Yes. Like, this is... Uh, this it was is perfect. A, yeah, it's kind of a scary show. Very the minor. The black figurine of death. It's very dramatic, right? The as, hall, as are you. <laughs> <laughs> the Hall of Fantasy, January 26, 1953. Richard Thorne. He wrote, produced, and directed this show. Well, actually, no, he didn't direct it, but he wrote, produced, and stars in it. We'll get back to it in a flash. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, and Suspense, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows, along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. You know me, I like the mystery shows. I love suspense. I love inner sanctum mystery. I like murder at midnight. I like escape. And um, this one, the Hall of Fantasy. This did not have the budget of some of those other ones. This did not have the budget of suspense or escape or murder at midnight. Murder at midnight actually had a very large budget. It was like $10,000 an episode. Back mm-hmm. then, that's a sure. lot of money. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of money now. It is. But can you imagine back then? That's yeah. like, I think it's like 10 times. So, you know, $100,000 to put on a half-hour radio show is a lot of money. They were making good money. I don't think the Hall of Fantasy had anywhere near that budget, but still did a great job. This was actually broadcast on Mutual. So in the Chicago area, it would have aired on WGN. Mm-hmm. And uh, all across the country, all of the mutual stations would um, have this feed. But it was, um, I don't think it was broadcast out of Chicago. I think the actors were in, I think, in another part of the country. I don't really know. I'm not sure if it was L.A. I don't think it was New York. I think it was actually out of some, you know, like other, you know, maybe not the coasts. But anyway... Uh, Richard Thorne starring in this show. It's called The Black Figurine of Death, January 26, 1953. Here's the conclusion now to The Hall of Fantasy. 
The four of us discussed the will until the early hours of the morning. We persuaded Sawyer to spend the night with us, to return to the city in the morning. The house became quite silent, and the only sound I heard was the ticking of the clock on my dresser. I wondered about the provision of the will in which Uncle Amos ordered that we make our residence in his house. I was lying awake in bed thinking of that when... Standing outside my door in the hallway was the housekeeper. Mr. David? Yes, Emily? I found this in my bedroom tonight. Oh, let me see it. Here. Mm-hmm. It's a little black figurine, just like the one my uncle had. Hmm. Uh, you can have it back now, Emily. It, uh, it frightened me, so I, I, I came to you, Mr. David. How do you think it got there, Emily? Well, uh, th- there's something strange going on in this house, Mr. David. And uh, I have an idea. I know who's in back. Uh, who's talking out there? Oh, it's you, David. And Emily. <clears throat> You're uh, up rather late, aren't you? Yes, Mr. Sawyer. I-, I was just going to bed. If you'll excuse me. Uh, good night, Emily. Good night, sir. I'll see you in the morning. Well, I suppose I'd better get back to bed, too. Good night, David. Good night, Mr. Sawyer. I watched him go back into his room. Then I turned and went back into mine. Emily had been on the point of saying something to me. Something that was important enough to her to make a special trip to my room. I got back into bed and wondered what she'd wanted to tell me. Little by little, sleep clouded my brain. And I was half asleep. Now to our tale of fantasy entitled The Black Figurine of Death. I had been just on the point of falling asleep. Ah! Sawyer, I heard someone scream. So did I, David. I don't think I heard something. I know I did. There's David and Mr. Sawyer. Maybe they can tell us what happened. Did you two hear anything? It was a scream. First, I thought it might have been you, Joyce. I think it came from the servants' quarters. Emily. What did you say, David? It'll keep. Come on. Do you think it was the housekeeper, David? It has to be. Maybe she was just startled or something. Well, we'll see in a moment. No, that, that's your room just down the hall. I hope it's nothing serious. It was serious enough to make her scream. Emily! Emily, is anything wrong? Well, try the door, David. Right. It's unlocked. The light's on in there. She's not in bed. She's... Oh, on the floor! Maybe she fainted. No, she's dead. And look, right beside her, there's a little broken black figurine. Though the police came out and went over everything, there were no clues to follow. They said that Emily had been strangled, but there was nothing to indicate who might have done it. The police continued their investigation for almost a month. But at the end of that time, all they could write down in their casebook was murder, unsolved. One evening, about six weeks after Emily's death, Harold, Joyce, and I were in the living room. 
The police said they'd never be able to find out who did it unless something new turned up. And it probably won't. Oh, the whole thing frightens me. I still remember Uncle Amos's dying words. That though I die, you'll see me again. All of you who have hated me. And you'll know of my presence when you see this. Oh, it makes me shudder every time I think of it. I've been thinking about what he said, too, Joyce. I wonder if he could come back. You mean come back after death? Yes. <laughs> Don't be a fool, Harold. Once a man dies, he's dead. Is he? I'm not so sure of that. You shouldn't talk that way, Harold. It's frightening. Would you come out with me to the mausoleum, Dave? Why? I don't know. I just want to check, that's all. Well, I don't think either of you should go. I'll go, Harold. Well, I won't. That's all right, Joyce. I won't expect you to. All right, David, let's go. I've always had an interest in the supernatural, David. You know, there are certain things that happen, psychic phenomena, which have no normal or natural explanation. I've never seen any. Nor have I. But what's to say that Uncle Amos can't return? Oh, do you have the key? Yeah. Open the door. It's a good thing we brought these flashlights. Yes, it's pretty dark in there. Shall we go in? I guess so. I still don't see any reason for coming in here, Harold. There may not be. Then again, he's in that crypt over there. Nothing's been disturbed in here. It looks just like it did the day he was placed here. Just a minute. This wasn't here the day he was buried. What? This? Hmm. Strange, I didn't see that when I came in. You probably weren't looking over there. I wasn't either. Another little black figurine. Broken just like the others. It gave me an eerie sensation. The little figure was broken into three pieces. I looked at Harold. and He seemed to be as afraid as I was. We locked up the mausoleum again and went back to the house. By that time, I began to wonder if perhaps Uncle Amos was striking back at us from beyond the grave. We said goodnight about 11 and retired to our rooms. I couldn't get to sleep. I'd fall into a half doze and then snap out of it again. I felt as if, as if someone were watching me. That there were unseen eyes in the dark waiting for me to fall asleep. I knew it was only my imagination. Yet that feeling would not go away. About three o'clock I got out of bed. I decided to return to the mausoleum... As I went out the front door, I noticed a light drizzle had sprung up. Something drew me toward the mausoleum, a compulsion, an inner force over which I had absolutely no control. I walked slowly up the gravel walk leading to the mausoleum, not even noticing the light rain which fell on me. When I was close enough to see the doorway... I received a distinct shock. For the door was open, and there was a circle of light behind it. 
walked to the door. I tried to get through the door quietly. I jarred it a little. And the noise made the man inside whirl around. In his hand, he held a gun. David! What are you doing here? I... I might ask you the same question, Mr. Sawyer. I had gone into the mausoleum. Standing there with a gun in his hand was the executor of the estate, Carl Sawyer. David! What are you doing here? I... I might ask you the same question, Mr. Sire. I began to wonder. <clears throat> I... I don't believe in people coming back after they die, but... Is that the reason for the gun? I didn't know what I'd find. I wanted to be safe, that's all. Now that I see it's you, I'll put it back in my pocket. By the way, David, what are you doing out here? I... I was restless. Harold thinks everything that's happened has some supernatural significance. All his talk made me nervous. I see. And do you think that there is something supernatural about the way Emily died? I don't know, Mr. Sire. I just don't know. Returned to the house. I asked him to spend the remainder of the night with us. Besides, I wanted to keep an eye on him. I didn't feel much like sleeping, so I went down to the library, picked out a book, and sat down to read. David? Uh, yes? Mr. Sawyer told me you were down here. What's the matter? Oh, I can't sleep. David, I, um, I talked to Mr. Sawyer for almost ten minutes. He said he thinks that you're in back of everything. What did you say to that? I told him I thought he was wrong. Thanks for your confidence, Joyce. The more I think about it, the more I think that Harold's right in what he says. You mean that Uncle Amos has come back to life? Yes. I'd keep an eye on Sawyer if I were you. Do you think he's in back of it? I'm not sure. But you must have some reason for it. I went out to the mausoleum tonight about an hour ago. Sawyer was out there. He had a gun in his hand. He told me he was just curious. Why should he suddenly get curious at three o'clock in the morning? Well, it does seem rather odd that he... No! Would be out. Stay away from me! I'm warning you! Stay away from me! That was Sawyer. Come on. Well, it couldn't happen again. It just could We'll see. Is that you, David? Yes. I heard a shot. But so did we. I thought it was one of you. Was Sawyer. He came out late tonight. I found him out in the mausoleum about an hour ago. Here's his room. Try the door. It's open. Floor. Is he? Yes. He's dead. Sawyer lay there on the floor, sprawled in the grotesque position of death. By one outstretched hand was a gun, and by the other, broken into three pieces, was a little black figurine. Harold called the police. They said they'd be out as soon as they could. The three of us went downstairs to the living room. I was right. It is Uncle Amos who's behind it. Oh, it must be. There's no other explanation. I told you before that there are certain things which can never be explained. The deaths of Emily and Sawyer prove that. You don't still think that Sawyer was in back of it, do you, David? Hardly. Will or no will, I'm leaving here now. I'm not going to stay around here and be killed like the others. I'm going upstairs and back. 
I'm going to leave too, David. What about you? I don't know. I still can't make myself believe. David! Stay here. Oh, no, no, I'll go with you. Harold's dead. I... He has to be all right. Harold! Harold! Doesn't answer. Harold! Where are you? Harold! Harold, answer us! His door is open. He'll be dead. He'll be dead just like the others. No, Joyce, he's not here. The mausoleum. Uncle Amos came and took him back to the mausoleum. <laughs> Went into Sawyer's room. Harold wasn't there, nor was Sawyer's gun. I supposed that Harold had picked it up on his way to the room. I decided to go out to the mausoleum to see if Joyce was right, to see if Harold's dead body would be found there. Joyce wouldn't remain in the house alone, so together we started out through the rain-filled night. Why don't we wait until the police come, Dave? If this is something supernatural, then they wouldn't be able to help us anyway. David. What's the matter? The mausoleum door is open. You can stay here if you want. I'm going in. I'll go with you. Stay close to me, Joyce. I will. I don't like it in here, David. Neither do I. But you're going to remain here for some time. That was Harold's voice. That's right. Turn the flashlight on. You can see me then. But we thought you were... Dead? Hardly. But you two will be very soon. Here's a gun, David. That's right, Sawyer's gun. Plan this very carefully, David. When the police arrive, they'll find the three of you dead, and I'll be wounded. Tell them that Sawyer was behind it all, that he killed both of you out here, and that he came into the house searching for me. It was a fight. The gun went off. And he died. Then you killed Emily and Sawyer. Yes. Going to kill both of you, too. You don't think I believed all that hokum I fed you about Uncle Amos coming back, do you? Of course not. But it served its purpose. And now you'll serve yours. Harold, Harold, look out and back of you. How stupid do you think I am? Uncle Amos is coughing and slipping. Get out of the way, Harold. Get out of the way. Uncle Amos. What did you say? Remember what Uncle Amos said when he was dying? That he'd come back and settle with us. The coffin. I wonder if it was just an accident that it slipped out of the crypt. Or whether Uncle Amos really did come back. So runs the tale of the black figurine of death. All characters and events portrayed on these programs are fictitious, and any similarity to actual places or persons living or dead is purely coincidental. Featured in this program were Harry Elders as David Jansen, Richard Thorne as Harold Jansen, Eloise Cummer as Joyce Jansen, and Claire Baum as Carl Sawyer. Original music moods were created and performed by Harold Turner. Sound effects by Wayne Dickinson and Lloyd Knight. Your announcer is George Bauer. These programs are directed by Leroy Alliger, written and produced by Richard Thorne.
That was the Hall of Fantasy. Good, scary radio show. That's, uh, you know, as I said, there was a lot of scary radio shows during the golden age of radio. Hall of Fantasy was definitely one of the better ones. The Black Figurine of Death. And they, why didn't they hire me? I was, uh, well, I wasn't around in 1953, but I could have been the announcer on that. The Black Figurine of Death. We think. Well, you're doing it now. You're, you're yeah. using your voice and, right. you know, being very dramatic. Let me try it one more it. time. You ready? Yeah. The Hall of Fantasy with tonight's story, The Black Figurine of Death. Huh? Yeah. Would you cast me? I mean, would you? No? I'd say next. <laughs> really? You wouldn't give me a shot? I mean, anyway, January. You know, send an audition and, and we'll uh, Send consider. in a tape. Send in a reel-to-reel tape. Yeah, you send it in and don't call us. <laughs> we'll call you. January 26, 1953. Uh, Richard Thorne starring along with Harry Elders in that. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. All right, time for This Month in Music History. So here we have another song that was released in 2023 from a very big artist. You haven't known any of them thus far. Let's see if you recognize this one. I can buy myself flowers, write my name you obviously don't listen to the radio. Is this um, Megan Trainer? <laughs> It's not. Um, I'm surprised you don't know who this is, though, because her voice is very recognizable. Oh, let me let me just hang on. Get one more guess. You know her, not intimately. It's a huge hit, right? Now. Uh, is it? Uh, is it uh, the girl? Uh, who's Miley Cyrus? Yes, it, it is. is. It's Miley Cyrus. It's Miley Cyrus. Come on, it is. Listen to her voice. Got wow, that I deep got resonance. I got it. Well, you got the artist. You did not get the song. I don't know the song. It's called Flowers. Okay, I would never know that. I know that. Released in 2023 from her album Endless Summer Vacation. Miley Cyrus. You did. I mean, come on. I mean, this isn't really a name that tune moment, but yeah. <laughs> it's just a this month in music history. She is really good. I like she's, her voice. She's really good. Wow. All right, I All got right. one. You hey, did. wow! I'm going home a winner. I'm going to have to go back to the '70s for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, Lisa. Sure. More of Hollywood 360 after this short break. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. All right, Lisa, that's another one in the books. And uh, oh, we've been doing this for like 16 years. And uh, it's a lot of fun. I, I enjoy coming here every week and doing the show with you and Mike and my crabby brother, Vince. Next week, we'll have Philip Marlowe, Murder at Midnight, Duffy's Tavern, the Jack Benny program, and Gunsmoke. That's quite a lineup, huh? We always have quite a lineup. Yeah. Be sure to visit our official website at Hollywood360radio.com. From my co-host, Lisa Wolf, that's you. Our executive producer, Mike Costella, that's Mike Bubblebath Costella. And my crabby brother, Vince Amari, this is Carl Amari saying, thanks for listening, stay healthy, we'll see you next week. 
Hey everybody, Jared Sebesti, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurpose on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.